Yeah. 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 Chrome hearts at the Caesar's Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K-Bar, you can be established. At 230s, that's 69s. You can eat a salad while you feed a phallus. I'm speaking pallets that compete with graphics. And it's Monday. Actually, it's not Monday. It's Tuesday. What am I talking so used to saying Monday. It's a special edition of Mano a Mano with Kenny T. Numero 61, 61. Live from Maestro Square Garden in uh, Washington Heights on uh, K.O. Kenny's side. First off, I got to let everybody know that uh, we don't have my typical setup today. So there may be some slight technical issues. We'll be back to our regular set up next time but as mike goldberg used to say shout out to pro box tv shout out to ike feldman the uh, mma fan here we go kenny talk to me bro how's it going fam it's a special tuesday edition of mano a mano feeling good feeling great beautiful weather out here in new york can't really complain you know i mean the summer's coming to an end school's coming back for a lot of people it is what it is it's okay it's okay we still have a lot to look forward to. The year isn't over. It's all good. Let's all put a smile on. We just had a great fight this past weekend. Let's get to it. One, we had a lot of great fights this last we, weekend, actually. We actually did have a lot of nice uh, nice boxing action over the weekend. And, you know, before we get to the big topic du jour, okay, the big topic of the day, which is the heavyweight division and all that is about to transpire in the heavyweight division. Okay, I want to go over some of the other action that took place this past weekend in the sport of boxing, Kenny. Okay, there were a couple good cards. All right. One on Showtime here in the United States, the other on uh, ESPN Plus here in the United States for a UK audience. Not quite sure where you would have caught all of that. I know the top ranked stuff is on Sky Sports in the UK. Not quite sure where you guys catch the PBC action. Let me know in the chat. By the way, speaking of the chat, shout out to Rubeski1978. Thank you so much. First in the building. Let me do that a little bit louder. That was a little soft for my brother, Rubeski. Let's do that again. Uh, first in the building. We got Reese Mack over here. Lennox was best. One prayed, or I prayed. All right. Obviously, we're about ready to get started with Mano a Mano. So, Let's talk about it, Kenny, because it was actually supposed to be Omar Figueroa, older brother, the heartbreak kid, Brandon Figueroa. Uh, he was set to take on Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner had to pull out of the fight in steps Sergey Lipinets. And uh, Lipinets just sent Omar Figueroa into retirement. Uh, any surprises or any thoughts? On that, Kenny, uh, you know, Adrian Broner stepping out, Lipinet stepping in, and sending Figueroa into retirement. That was the main event uh, Saturday night on the Showtime card out of Florida. What are your thoughts on that one? Well, uh, I definitely think Adrian Broner messed up an opportunity to get a win after who knows how many years of, of straight losses. 
you know, I get it. The whole mental health issue thing. I understand it makes complete sense. You know, mental health is a, is a real thing. It's an actual real thing. So I definitely respect it. I'm not hating on that. But he missed an opportunity to get a win. A win that we all know he needed. Lippinets, who is probably washed up too, came in there and made Omar Figueroa look like a joke pretty much i thought he washed up omar figueroa so if if adrian brono it can't beat him then you know which we all know already adrian brono should just retire and fall back from boxing but who knows maybe he comes back now and fights lippinets but lippinets as we all saw is in a better shape than figueroa his skills are more up to par and he's ready to go. He's not ready to go out the door. He's ready to go into another fight. So Adrian Broner got a lot more problems to worry about with Lippin yet. So at least that's what it seems like if he does come back and takes that fight. Yeah, this is a fact. And look, shout out to Sergey Lippin because he wasn't even supposed to be on that card, Kenny. Uh, but he was able to step in on the card because he does what you do. And what I got to start doing again, uh, I've had a neck injury as you know candy past few months haven't been exercising as much as i'd like uh, due to that uh, but he stays in the gym he stays in shape he stays ready to fight and he got the call up and he was ready to go so uh big up to sergey limitnets for be- being able to step in there and take advantage of this opportunity he looked How really awesome. good bro out, absolutely. He outboxed, he outworked, he outpunched uh, Omar Figueroa. And like I said earlier, he looks like he sent him into retirement. On the undercard, Kenny, a little bit of bachata, a little bit of merengue, you know, a little bit of sazón over there. Mis hermanos caribeños, mis dominicanos. It was a WBA coming out party for the Dominicans. Uh, Hector Garcia took out the Venezuelan Roger. Gutierrez to capture the WBA Reggie Belt and Alberto Pueyo. He overcame Abatir Akhmedov to take hold of the, not the regular, the full WBA title at 140, the one vacated by Josh Taylor. A little bit of controversy. A lot of people thought uh, Akhmedov did enough to win. This is the same Akhmedov that had a bad decision go against him uh, at the hands of Mario Barrios a couple years ago. Uh, looks like he got the shitty end of the stick again um, from Pueyo. Uh, and uh, look, Hector Garcia just totally dominated Roger Gutierrez, I thought. Uh, very, very slick boxer. Uh, nice style. Definitely practices the sweet science. Uh, hundreds of amateur fights fighting for the DR. That's not often that common, but he was able to stay an amateur in the DR because he was in the military. They gave him that military stipend, allowed him to box full time, pretty much great program. They got uh, for their athletes that want to stay amateur in that regard. He got the W uh, Poyo got the W. Like I said, my brother KT was out there barbecuing and, and bachata and, and merengue was, was, was blasting as he watched the highlights of these fights. Can you your thoughts on the Dominican and this coming out party? Bro, it makes me excited. I've been talking about it forever. Dominicans do not do enough in boxing. I get it. You know, we're great in baseball. Cool. Amazing. Let's start spreading out into these other sports and not only stay in baseball. And I love to see the come up. I love to see the hard work. I love to see dudes going out there and competing hard 
and taking punches and, and landing hard punches and moving forward. You know, I feel like Jason Rosario uh, uh, was on the movement, but then, he, you know, he showed a little bit of weakness to the body. <laughs> but Hector seems for real. Pueyo seems for real. And one more guy that seems for real at 168. And you already know, I can't remember his name because I'm terrible with names. You know how it goes. <laughs> Adames, Carlos Adames. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Adames. Um, no, Adames is at... 160, 168, I think. 160, 160. He's, he's in two classes. I think it's 160, yeah, 168. He's fought higher than 168, but I think he's trying to plan his flag at uh, at 160. But, yes, Carlos Adames, he's a real one, too. Um, mm-hmm. Dominican is starting to come on in the scene, bro, uh, in boxing. And like I said, that system they have there where they allow guys to stay amateur as long as they stay in the military uh, and essentially they don't even really serve like in war because Dominicans not really at war with anybody, uh, but they, they stay in the military. Uh, they get a salary while they get to continue to box as an amateur. They fight regionally, Caribbean games, Central American and Caribbean games, Pan American games if they're lucky enough. Uh, like Garcia, they might end up at the Olympics, but they get all of that unpaid experience, the amateur experience uh, that prepares them for the pros. So big up uh, to them for being able to do that. And uh, look, two guys are on the scene. I kind of feel a little bit bad for for Akhmedov. Um, I think it could have gone his way, but an argument could definitely be made that Pueyo also uh you know, won the fight. Um, I wasn't scoring it. I'll have to go back and have a look at that uh, to give my full thoughts on the scorecard. It was a lot of boxing Saturday, so I couldn't really do the kind of deep dives. I was also all over the place this weekend, as you know, Kenny. So, look, uh, I'll give my thoughts on all of that later. One thing that I do want to comment on, though, is uh, Brandon Lee, a guy who I'm pretty high on at 140. He got dropped. Unexpected, right? Affected, bro, but you know what? He showed a lot of heart being able to come back like that. Uh, a, a lot of guys inexperienced his age might not have been able to do that. So heart uh, and intelligence, bro. Heart and intelligence. Go for it. Give me your thoughts. He he didn't just go in there and try to. Oh, I got dropped. Now I got to come back and drop him. I got to beat him up now. I got to win by knockout. No, he came in and sweet science to him to death. It, it, it completely beautifully beat him up for the rest of the fight in a smart way not in a wild turkey way you know what i'm saying he was out there looking nice sweet swift powerful not going in there you know just throwing punches like an elementary school kid winding and you know all this other shit he, he looked good out there after he got knocked down i i'm on the same page as you very appreciative of the work that he did and i think uh he showed a big step in growth uh, just like Ryan Garcia did when he got knocked down. Just that I feel like that that Brandon Lee is not going to take a, a mental health break. I don't see that happening. He seems like a very strong-headed level in the individual. Yeah, I mean, and definitely in terms of fighting through adversity like that. And shout out to his dad uh, for doing, you know, the the, the training uh, of his son. I've, I've, I've been impressed by the work that he's done uh, with his son as well. Uh, Kenny, I got a little bit of, of something I want you to react to real quick. I'm going to pull it up right now, Kenny. First edition of today of Kenny Reacts. I'm going to ask Kenny to react to uh, to this video. Here we go. Uh, and by the way, I know he's a huge fan of, of Keith Thurman. I think Keith Thurman's one of the best on the mic. All right, let's hear what Kenny has to say. Here we go. 
Actually, I'm not hearing anything on me that. Either, me either, me Hold on. I gotta. might have to redo that one. And hopefully we can get this. Like I said, audience, not a regular edition of Mano a Mano. So stru- stru- uh, sorry for some of the uh, struggles that might ensue. Uh, let's see if we can get this. Hopefully we get some audio. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to do this one another time, Kenny, because despite the fact that I tested it earlier, it doesn't seem like it's it's going to it's going to happen for us. It was working earlier when you tried it. It's a shame. It is what it is. But let's talk about it. Well, what did what did Ponytail say? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to save that one for when I got my setup back because. I'm working off of my la- my laptop. I'm not working under the, the 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 monster PC that I usually do. So let's keep that one for for another time. Uh, let's go straight to uh, Saudi Arabia, Kenny. Uh, actually, before we go there, Emmanuel Navarrete. Uh, I don't know if it's time for him to move up. Uh, he didn't look as good as he usually does this past weekend on ESPN. Um, he doesn't usually look good. Well, I think he usually does look good, but uh, he didn't look as good as he used. You can give your opinion in a moment. Uh, <laughs> I, I, he didn't look that great against Baez, that's for sure, right? Um, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. I, I heard he had to really cut a lot of weight to make this the, the, the weight for this fight. I don't know if it's time for him to move up to 130. I don't think he'll be anywhere near as dominant at 130 if he does move up to 130. Uh, but he did not look that great against Baez. Uh, Nico Ali Walsh looked pretty good uh, this past Saturday. He got the second round KO. Um, so yeah, give me your thoughts on uh, on on your boy uh, Navarrete. Uh, he's all right. I've always thought he's all right. I've never thought that Navarrete is anything special. It was a great body shot. That the body shot was beautiful. Don't get me wrong on that. It was beautifully placed. It was powerful. Right to the liver. Bam! Down goes his opponent. I right, cool. Great. Amazing. But I never thought he looked uh, too fantastic. He has these weird ass angles that he throws punches from. When he throws punches, he ducks his head in a weird way. Where if people just watch his his tape. They, would, they wouldn't even punch straight. They'll throw a punch somewhere to the side down because that's where he ducks his head every time he throws a punch. He always does some weird, like, I don't know, some weird head and body movement. I don't like the way he boxes. I think that he's been lucky up to this point. I think that when he fights any real opposition, it's a wrap for him. If he goes up to 130, it's a wrap for him. If he, if he stays at 126 and waits for somebody like my boy, cool boy Steph, it's a wrap for him. If he goes up to, it's a wrap for Navarrete. There is no future for that man, okay? There is no road to a championship level well, for that guy. I said that. What a, what, but what about the other champions at 126, right? Like, uh, you know, I mean, let, let's say he could get a Santa Cruz in the ring, right? Uh, Santa Cruz may just beat him. Let's say he could get a Lee Wood in the ring, right? What about that? Uh, I don't see Lee Wood boxing any anybody. Uh, Lee Wood showed me that he was a bitch-ass nigga when he did not take the rematch against Conlon and decided to go fight another opponent as opposed to wait for Conlon to heal up and do that rematch immediately. So I don't see Lee Wood fighting anybody. But if he was to fight him, it's a it's it that's a weird one. Those are weird styles to really think okay. about how they're gonna come together. And really, I would have to watch some tape to really you know give a thought on that one. Right, and then uh, there's also our, our boy. I'm surprised you didn't mention him because we're both big fans of him, Ray 
Vargas. I think that's a tough out for anybody, including Emmanuel Navarrete. Ray Vargas wins that fight easy. There you easy. Go. All right. So uh, look, uh, let's go. Let's go to some of the some of the, the comments before we transition. Uh, Nando says, "I don't like Navarrete at one thirty. Um, I don't like him at, at one thirty either, brother. Um, I, I don't like Navarrete. Period." <laughs> Cariali says Navarrete only fights B or C level fighters. All right. Um, Lennox is saying, did any of you guys see that guy get sucker punched over the weekend? No, I didn't see that. I mean, I saw AJ throw a few low blows and a shot behind the head, but um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that. Uh, and uh, Nando says. Navarrete's style is reminiscent of Aaron Pryor. Hawk time! I added that. Awkward looping punches thrown from his toes. All right, slide tendencies with the super chat. Appreciate you, fam. He says, we need Fury versus all uh, Usyk for all the marbles. I got a few words for you, and I'm going to channel my Nando right now. Left, right, good night, Dasa. Ah, uh, bro, Fury is afraid of him. What are you talking about? He said, oh, shit. AJ didn't win. I'm retired for good. I'm retired. I'm never boxing again. I want no parts of Usyk. Well, look, uh, I, I, he's he's apparently he's ready to do it. So he's going to prove so. he's going to prove all you big dasas wrong, Kenny. All right. King so. of the big dasas right here on Mano a Mano Live when it comes to Fury is my bro, K.O. Kenny, because he somehow believes that Usyk can K.O. the Gypsy King. We'll get into that in a moment. But before we do that, let's get into the card in Saudi Arabia. Uh, first thing I got to say, all right, and, you know, for all of the people who want to talk about equality, I, okay, well, let's talk about equality. All right, let's talk about equality. Uh, that fight, that woman's fight on the undercard of the AJ uh, Usyk 2 uh, card or Us Usyk AJ 2, probably the worst pay-per-view boxing match I've ever seen in my goddamn life. All right? Uh, you know, it was like uh, 10 seconds go in and it's like uh, very little defense and then boom, this lady gets knocked out real quick. Uh I mean, it, it, was, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing that that was put on television. And look, I got to tell you, if it was two men in the ring, I'd be saying the exact same thing. So hashtag equality, all right? You're going to put that kind of crap on a pay-per-view card, biggest stage in the sport, unified heavyweight championship the world. You got to do better, man. You got to do better, all right? Um, the other thing... This guy, Popeye, terrible gimmick for a fighter. But I thought he did very well against Badu Jack. And I thought that uh, Badu really got lucky when that timekeeper, you know, missed a whole minute and just let the, the, the or added a whole minute to a round. Um, That's crazy. A whole minute to a round, Kenny. You know? That's crazy. Uh, I thought it was terrible, right? Um so look, Badu Jack, a little bit of a controversial decision in that one. I think it's, uh, uh, um, you know, we we go to Callum Smith. I think Callum Smith has definitely proven himself to be top tier 
in the light heavyweight division. And I, I really would look forward to him see a uh, facing off against Arter Betterby. He definitely put up a, a way better uh, fight than the other Smith, uh, you know, Joe Smith. Um, Callum Smith has proven himself to be super tough to deal with. Uh, I think he's actually benefited from the move up to 175 pounds. He looks way stronger. All right. Um, he's knocking mofos out. And look, he, he looks deadly at 175. Um, go for it, Kenny. Do you want to say something? Not really? You don't, you're not buying it? No, nah, no. Nah, he looks strong. He looks much stronger at 175. It's just that he still gets hit way too much. It, it, the, although he knocked the other guy out. Before he knocked the other guy out in the sequence leading up to the knockout, Callum Smith was hitting, but he was also getting hit with, a, with, with powerful shots. Yeah, the, his opponent wasn't that strong to hurt him, but a dude like Baturbiev or Joe Smith or, uh, well, Bevo isn't, you know, a power guy, but any of those guys, I think, clearly and easily beats Callum uh, the uh, the way he was looking out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's not that he's looking terrible. It's just that I think he still gets hit way too much with clean shots. You know what I'm saying? And a clean shot from Baturbiev, that man is going down like a sack of potatoes. Uh, he does look much better, though. I'm not I'm not hating on that. He does look – he just looks like uh, his gas tank is that much better. He looks much more fluid. He looks like, he's, like he has to use less energy to move around. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just looks better. Yeah, uh, 100%. Uh, there you go. Uh, moving in uh, – I mean, I we, we might as well just go straight to to uh, to the uh, co-feature, uh, Zhang Zile taking on Philip Hergovich. Uh, close fight. I can see arguments on both sides. Uh, Zhang Zile got the knockdown. Zhang Zile, you know, uh, landed the more hurtful shots, but Hergovich was dominating with the jab and was landing more combination punches. So it really depends on what you like more. Um, so it, it, it is, it is what it is. And that one is a very good back and forth fight though. And her give it showed a lot of heart, a lot of toughness as it's Zile. I mean, he was tired at times, but he fought through it. Uh, very good heavyweight fight. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing both of those guys again, but before I comment, ask you to comment on that one, Kenny, I got to get a big, big up to the OG, the day one Nando Jamas. He says, Twitter always doing too much fury fears no one i agree i agree we're gonna get into that in a moment no. um so uh look and anything you want to comment on on the undercard kenny or straight to the main event uh just uh phil Zanzile and ergovich are not top tier heavyweights they're maybe secondary or tertiary tier uh, if they box dudes like Kaunaki and that level, they'll look great. But if they go to a higher level, they're getting beat the fuck down. Too bad. Sorry. I don't want to see them against top level dudes. So top level being, let me, I'll, I'll throw out some names. You tell me if they're top level. Joe Parker. Yep. Joe Joyce. Not there yet. Daniel Dubois. Not there yet. So you're okay with them taking on like a Daniel Dubois or Joe Joyce. 100%. They're all on the same level. Deontay Wilder. Fuck no. Robert Helenius. No. Robert Helenius. He's he's on that same level as them. Maybe slightly above. Okay. Uh, F.A. Ajagba. Same level as Helenius. Okay. Uh, I already said Deontay Wilder. Yeah. Dillian White. 
same level as Hellenius. That man don't. That man isn't no top level heavyweight. Derek Tesoro. Same level as Hellenius. I'm gonna ask you again, Daniel Dynamite Dubois. Nah, man, he's on the same young. He's on the same young boy level as them dudes. If he would have never lost, if he wouldn't have lost against Joe Joyce, and if he would have at least one more higher tier, higher level name on his resume, then I give him some credit. You know, you know who 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 beats the shit out of Ergovich and both Zhang Zilei, Ruiz, AJ Fury, Usyk, uh, all those guys. Ooh, what, like, about, what about Luis Ortiz? Fuck no, that man gets. He probably gets knocked out. He can't be fighting no young dudes. His gas tank isn't there, bro. Got it. I don't think I asked you about this guy yet. Daniel Dynamite Dubois. <laughs> <laughs> Just seeing if you might change your mind. I don't know. All right. Uh, look, let's get to the main event, right? Let's do it. For the undis- not the unified heavyweight championship of the world. It was Anthony, AJ, Joshua. Joshua taking on Alexander Usyk. Usyk. All right. Uh, look, you know, I actually got it wrong. AJ, AJ did a lot better than I thought he would. I, I predicted Usyk by late round stoppage. AJ uh, was able to withstand a lot of what Usyk was throwing at him. Um, and was able to do a lot better than he was in the first fight. Uh, I thought he was more active than he was in the first fight. His gas tank was definitely better than it was in the first fight. But honestly, other than going to the body every now and again, uh, I felt that a lot of his punches were too predictable. Uh, He was telegraphing a lot of his work. He was throwing with too much power. Um, And I say that because the guy... As strong and as big as AJ, if he touches you with 65, 70%, he's still hurting you, right? So, I mean, what I would have liked to see would have been, you know, bop, 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 in terms of combinations where you set your power punches up, not necessarily all with throwaway punches, but with lighter shots to drop the guard or raise the guard and then land with authority. I felt that Usyk was really able to time AJ a lot, roll with a lot of his punches, block a lot of his punches. And like I said, he did get hit to the body a few times, but I felt that the head attack from AJ was very predictable, but he had a very good ninth round. He did what you wanted him to do, Kenny. He literally emptied the tank. No, nah, uh, I want nah, I want him to empty no tank. Chill. I, thought say he needed to go, I thought you said he needed to go Tunde. No, no, no. I say he do not need to go Tunde. Chill, chill. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Usyk came back 10th, 11th, 12th, dominated it. One of the judges had AJ winning the fight. I don't know what that dude is smoking, um, but that that was crazy. Uh, You know, and, uh, you know, on to the next for uh, Alexander Usyk, but... Before we get into to what happened after the fight, Kenny, I want your thoughts on what happened inside the ring, and then I'll, I'll double down on some of my thoughts. Go. Sounds good. Um, I think Anthony Joshua looked – I think this is probably the best-looking Anthony Joshua that we've gotten. And, and think of what I'm saying. This was a combination of, like, 
the boxer Anthony Joshua with a with with some of the the power puncher brawler Anthony Joshua mixed in there. I just think uh, <clears throat> I think he had good direction. I think he needs to start faster. I think the number one thing that's going to change Anthony Joshua and make him a way better heavyweight is if he incorporates a hell of a lot more road work and cardio and can increase his gas tank because that means he could last earlier. Uh, he could start with his you know punching earlier he could potentially throw combinations which he says that he cannot throw because he's too heavy anybody can throw combinations stop the nonsense sounds like a bunch of excuses to me trust me i'm all about the workouts i know for a fact that that man can throw combinations um but yeah i think he needs to step his gas tank up and and not make those excuses actually throw those combinations he was throwing a whole lot of one punches one punch then the right hand one punch then one punch to the to the body then one punch to the face then ma- randomly he would throw like a one two and then the one time where he tried to throw combinations he looked like a fool he was doing the atunde he was emptying the tank uh doing like who who punching down at the dude's head ha 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 who 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 punch down punch like like bro Chill the fuck out. Chill the fuck out. Your killer instinct looked a little foolish there. You was wild swinging like he was the first grader that was just learning how to fight. That's not how you knock dudes out. He's more experienced in knocking dudes out than that. Once you heard him, you know, you set your punches up. Obviously, the guy's a little woozy. His mind's not the same. You don't just start throwing shit from all crazy random directions and empty out the tank. I think that, I think that AJ is actually improving. I did see improvement. And I would love to see him uh, uh, stay with uh, Garcia. I think that Garcia definitely helped him improve his mentality, helped him improve his boxing ability. Uh, I think that if they continue working together, he'll only continue improving. Some footwork would definitely benefit AJ. Because I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, the one thing that I thought Garcia was going to fix, that I thought we was going to see a whole lot more of, was literally uh, I, I box lefty, so I'm gonna throw the right hand as my jab, just so y'all know. Um, the one thing I wanted to see him do was literally throw the one two and take a quick step back. He never, he barely ever threw a one two, and he would barely ever take a step back. You're the bigger man, bro. You could have easily one two step back out of range. Usyk can't fucking hit you if you're out of range, bro. Well, that's a great point, Kenny, and that's one of the things that Lennox Lewis did to tremendous success throughout most of his career. I mean, he hides the right hand behind a stiff, stiff jab, and he also takes a half step or a full step back and lets you fucking walk right into a straight right or an uppercut. Uh, Lewis did that tremendously throughout his career. Uh, I don't know if it's an issue of kinesthetic intelligence. I don't know if it's an issue of lack of experience. I don't know if it's something that Robert Garcia alluded to, which is that he wanted him to do certain things in the gym and he just wasn't listening and didn't want to do them. But, you know, there are things that we see that, you know, I don't know, they require just a kind of a rethinking of of strategy and of training. And I don't know, I, I didn't really expect that much of an improvement under Robert Garcia. It's difficult to make, you know, huge leaps and bounds in terms of uh, changes in, in one training camp. Maybe if they had an interim fight in the middle, maybe if he had taken a tune-up fight, uh, you know, a couple camps, if not three, uh, the third being the Usyk fight. But he wanted to go straight for the rematch, and it is what it is. Let me get back to Nando with the super chat. Uh, Nando says... 
AJ looked improved. It is uh, it. Sorry, is it time for AJ to move training to the states? Make Garcia the head trainer. Better sparring here as well. Iron sharpens iron. Look, maybe Garcia is the guy. Maybe he's not. Uh, I, I've been saying for a while that he needs to apologize to Lennox Lewis uh, and, and seek Lennox's guidance. I mean, he famously or infamously called Lennox Lewis a clown, something I thought was clownish to say. Uh, they, they, uh, but see, they was both doing clown shit. Let me put it to you this way, though, dog. Like, to me, if my uncle's doing clown shit, he's still my uncle, you know, and my uncle isn't one of the greatest, if not the greatest heavyweight champions of the world. At the end of the day, Lennox was just making a comment about him needing to fight Wilder and that money shouldn't be the impediment to it happening and whatever, whatever. I don't, I don't need to go into the whole backstory. The point is... He could learn a lot from Lennox. That's number I, one. I, I agree. The other thing I was going to say is I've always felt that Mark Ramsey would be a great trainer for him. Um, you know, Mark Ramsey, who's worked with a lot of elite guys, including uh, Arthur Betterbeeb, who he's the head trainer of right now. Um, but, you know, maybe Robert Garcia is the guy. You know, may, maybe he's not. Uh, whoever it is going to be, though, you know, it's, it's now going to be a big, uh, you know, project to get him back to the top of the heavyweight division. Um, now, I think a lot needs to be said also about Usyk because Usyk proved that, yes, he's a former heavyweight, sorry, a former cruiserweight. Um, he was a heavyweight as an amateur, but of course the amateurs have super heavyweights and heavyweights. He proved that he could take a professional heavyweight punch from a big guy. Uh, he proved that he can outwork uh, a guy in the heavyweight division over the full course of 12 rounds. Um, his combination punching was fantastic. His movement was fantastic. His defense was really good as well. And uh, he's, to me right now, the second best uh, heavyweight in the heavyweight division, potentially the best if this fight with Fury happens and if uh, he does in fact beat him. And if Fury's retired, then I guess he's the best because of that as well. Uh but before we get into that, Kenny, let me ask you about your thought. Did, have you seen what happened at the end of the fight between AJ and Usyk? I had the whole thing lined up, but of course, technical issues today are presenting me from are preventing me from doing my usual screen shares for the Kenny reacts. Did you see the fallout uh, of of what happened in the ring, Kenny? Uh, 100% saw the fallout. Before I do respond to that, I do have to say, right, let's say this was Usyk here and this was AJ here, right? After last fight, the bar, the meter, my meter was all the way towards Usyk. You know what I'm saying? It was all the way towards Usyk. Right now, the meter moved slightly over to AJ's side. You know what I'm saying? It's no longer all the way towards Usyk because I feel that AJ did a lot better in this fight. And because AJ did better, Usyk didn't look as good as he did last fight. You do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, um, so yeah, I do. Uh, I, I'm saying that to just say that I think there will be a AJ versus Usyk three, like three four years down the line, if they're both still active fighters. Qu quote me on that. Remember, I said that. You heard it here first. Um, but all right, uh, back to say, AJ. Oh, to if it happens, if it happens, I'm going to add to this. It's going to be like when Roy Jones took on Mike Tyson, but proceed. <laughs> um 
So, uh, AJ, after the fight, <clears throat> you know? Leaving the ring, returning back, <laughs> dropping the belt. Grabbing, grabbing the Ukrainian flag, draping himself in the Ukrainian flag, taking the WBA title and the ring title, walking across the ring, dumping it outside the ring, not listening to his dad, walking all over the place, and then going on that long tirade um, where he was like passively, aggressively, kind of, I would say, giving Usyk props, but also bigging himself up. But go for it. Yeah, I, I, uh, there's a lot of things that he did that I feel are wrong. And there's some things that I, that he did that I feel like, uh, like are okay. Like him taking the, the Ukraine flag and draping it over himself, I think that's completely okay, specifically because of the war that's going on and, and, and him trying to big that up. Like I saw that as a love thing. It's just, it's just like I saw it as a love thing when he kneeled down that Usyk was praying. He kneeled down with Usyk and did whatever two seconds of fake prayer nonsense he did. I thought that was all love showing as well. It all flipped <clears throat> when AJ started acting like a bully to Usyk's team. And he went over there and was like saying, what's up? Like giving them pounds. But, you know, when you give somebody a pound, you you know, pound, right? Ooh, AJ was like, pound, nigga. Pound. Like he was punching people in their fist. That was part of U16 and from a big dude. That's bullying. I, if them like five foot three dudes versus the six foot six, I'm going to just walk away too, you know. But I think that was terrible. That was wrong. Him uh, walking out the ring and walking back, I think he caught himself when he was about to make a big mistake. I've done shit like that before, so I can't necessarily slap that on the wrist. Him walking over and taking the belts, uh, the ring, and I forgot what the other belt was, and dropping it outside the ring, that's petty little kid. Yeah, that's petty little kid shit. Like, ain't nobody do that shit to you. And if somebody did that shit to you, you being a dude that's from the streets, you being a dude that would been arrested before, you being a dude that's been around drugs and street violence and all that shit, your ass would have gotten angry and you probably would have tried to fight Usyk or do some childish hood shit. Usyk just looked at the man like, okay, okay, all right. You know, Usyk kept it 100% professional, which you have to respect 100 fucking 1,000%. You have to respect uh, Usyk's behavior and reaction. What I do have to big up regarding, uh, well, actually, no, before I big anything else up, I do have to shit on his speech because his speech was a speech where he was, he started off bigging up Usyk and I loved it. And then he started talking about, I'm a warrior. I was disciplined. I, I was headstrong. And then he went back to congratulating Usyk. And then he went back to talking about himself. And I had all the belts and all this other shit. And it's like, if you're going to grab the mic, you know, strong arm the whole stadium, and and you know, if you're gonna do that, then do it right. And and not only that, it, I expected a security guard to like grab him up or push him or toss him or some shit. Somebody. They didn't, they, they didn't <laughs> do nothing to him because it's Anthony Joshua. If it was another fight, I swear to God, the the the, the security would have been in there wilding the fuck out. You know what's crazy about it? I mean, it's Saudi Arabia. It is a country that chops people's hands off for stealing, beheads people for being gay, stones women to death for adultery. Like, I could go on and on. Like, But they seem to have, like, the softest level of in-ring security when it came to Anthony Joshua uh, going on his little speech. I thought it was ridiculous, personally. And I'll tell you why. Hold on, hold on. Before, before, before you, because I know you have a lot to say about it. <laughs> it, 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 it. It's not, in my opinion, I think that he did a great thing by catching himself and going back and not just walking out. He was childishly emotional. 
100% childish, childishly emotional, but there are a lot of emotions that go in the ring while dudes are fighting. I like that we saw what regular AJ, non-media prepared AJ is like, you know, like it seems like the like the nice guy media persona maybe halfway out the window, which is a good thing. You want to see who the man really is. So it was terrible altogether. There was little little instances of, of positivity and good things in there. I hope that things change and that there is uh, some type of apology and respect that he verbally says towards Usyk and Usyk's team. How Yo, you missed one. How about the Lomachenko shit? I don't give a fuck about that. Oh, <laughs> I mean, first of all, look, Lennox right here, Lennox was best, says it. It was a meltdown, right? Um, you know, he he lost the fight, right? Uh, and you know what the thing is? It's like, how many guys is AJ beat? How many guys has, has AJ... Forget the people that he's knocked out. I mean, people are like, oh... Don't you feel sorry for AJ? Whoa, do you feel sorry for all of the people that AJ knocked out? They're not worth nine figures. You know what I mean? I mean, how many guys is AJ AJ knocked out on his way to the top? Like, nobody's crying tears for those people. All right. Okay. But yet, but yet I'm supposed to feel sorry for a dude that's that that is essentially made it to the top of the sport, has a huge endorsement deals, has made huge purses, including making more money than Usyk this past weekend. I mean, they both got very well paid. So, look, miss me with the whole you should feel sorry for AJ in that moment. It's a sport, right? At the end of the day, uh, I don't remember Joseph Parker doing this to AJ, I don't remember that. I don't remember Andy Ruiz doing this to AJ. You know, I don't remember uh, people who, who, you know, I, I would argue didn't get very, treated very well by the judges or by the referees like Carlos Takam. I already mentioned Parker doing this to AJ. Um, you know, things didn't go his way. Okay, and I'm speaking about this as a teacher. I mean, Kenny, you've seen me teach. You used to work in the same school. I mean, how many times were kids upset you know, in my PE class? Or how many times were kids upset when you were coaching them in the sport? I mean, what, and we we both taught and, and coached a lot of middle school kids. I mean, this is like what we would see back in the day or what I see right now. Uh, it's ridiculous. Like, you lost, or what, you storm off? You're going to take your basketball with you? You're going to take your ball and your bat and your glove and go home? Uh, okay, well, you did that, and then you walk back to the ring. Um and nobody, nobody was really trying to get you to calm down. Uh, there's a guy that did a great video on this. Um, you know, I can put drop the link to it later on when, you, when you're speaking again, Kenny. Uh, so he goes back into the ring. And, and, yeah, I mean, like you said, Kenny, he was very aggressive with the members of Team Usyk, with his entourage. You know, like, pump, uh, like punching them when he was giving them a fist bump. You know what I mean? Grabbing the belts like that, I mean, that doesn't only disrespect Usyk, it disrespects the sport. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm reading it a little bit different when it comes to the Ukrainian flag. I mean, it's like, dude, you're not Ukrainian. Who, what do you, nobody handed you the flag. He literally just took it from Usyk. That's not respectful. I mean, it's not respectful at all. I mean, 
people were going crazy at at, uh, at B-Hop when he took the Puerto Rican flag, although he did dash it on the ground when he was in Puerto Rico. But if you're there's a lot there's a lot of respect in a lot of countries around flag ways that you're supposed to uh, raise a flag, ways that you're supposed to fold a flag, ways that you're supposed to carry a flag. Uh, you know, and I, it, it was it wasn't a good look, right? Uh, but the tirade uh, when he took the mic again. Everybody that watches boxing knows that the winner speaks first after the fight. The champ speaks first after the fight. The winner, the heavyweight champion of the world, was Alexander Usyk. Usyk. It wasn't AJ. It was time for Usyk to speak, not AJ. To, and then what he was saying, I mean, it was just, it was just absurd, bro. So look. Uh, you know, it is what it is in the grand scheme of things. I mean, whatever it's sports, right. But it's not like the kind of thing that you like to see. I mean, you know, it, it was, it was reminding me a lot of like, if you watch tennis, like Serena Williams, when she was going off or, or, or back in the day, John McEnroe, or more recently, um, this Australian dude, Nick Kyrgios, it, it's just not a good look. So, and what's what's interesting to me too, Kenny, is AJ was always juxtaposed against Fury. Oh, Fury's a clown. Fury's this. Fury's that. AJ, look at him. He's so great. He's such a nice guy. I've never seen it like you could talk about the Fury antics before fights and on Instagram and everywhere else as much as you want. Have you ever seen Fury do do this after a fight to anybody? Not no. even close. For Mike Tyson and all he did, including the ear beat, uh, well, actually, I shouldn't bring Mike Tyson in. It's a dude bit somebody's ear off. That's a bad one. I'm not going to go down that warm hole. Um, But look, it wasn't it wasn't a good look at all. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go on a little bit. Uh, You're you're reading some comments, so must must be something. I mean, Uh, I'm dying laughing at the comments, bro. People just going off, hilarious. but nah, you. I think you have to show a lot of respect to 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 Usyk, um, and how Usyk did not react to the entire situation. Usyk patiently waited. Uh, I don't necessarily think that it took any shine away from Usyk. In fact, I think it shed more shine on Usyk because Usyk wasn't necessarily gonna say much on the mic. Usyk didn't give a, uh, Usyk don't give a damn about the mic. He don't care about the fucking mic. He's not there to talk. He's there to knock motherfuckers out. Silent assassin. Exactly. He don't give a damn about the mic. Well, matter of fact, after AJ finished talking his spiel, he came back to Usyk and gave the mic to Usyk. And Usyk was, nah, I don't want that shit, nigga. Usyk took the mic and gave it back to the announcer or somebody else. I don't want that shit. You know, um, it is what it is. One thing that I, that, uh, the, the part that I actually felt was disrespectful. The one part that I did not like about everything at the end. Look, I'm a very understanding person. I'm extremely emotional myself. Uh, if you get my emotions riled up, I may just fuck you up off of being emotional and then apologize to you after. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm an emotional ass dude. It is what it is, you know. But uh, the one thing that AJ did that I really, really, really disliked was when Usyk, when he used to grab the mic that they had just turned it on, Usyk came over to him and asked him for the flag. And he was like, hold on, bro, I'm talking. Fuck out of here, nigga. Who you think you're talking to, B? That's when he would have got washed up. Like, what? Bro, I just fucked you up in the fight. I was even asking for the mic. I was asking for my flag. But you know what? Give me the fucking mic with the flag, too, nigga. Or you about to catch these hands again. 
You know, he won the fight at the end of the day. Who you think you're talking to, big goofy motherfucker? Yeah, it was it was? I mean, look, I can't say anything more than that. You said it all, Kenny. Let's bring in Philly Drew Rivers. Philly, what's up? Wow, I gotta say this. AJ lost control completely. Usyk made him lose control. Like the way AJ came out, it was funny as shit. Like seriously, when he was snapping and he is like this to Usyk, you know what? How you beat me, man? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a 12 round fighter. And I think, I'm like, damn, you're saying everybody's your weakness? Everybody knew that already. Like, yeah, damn. He, he told on himself. He's like, I'm not a 12 round fighter. I'm a modern heavyweight. Well, guess what, AJ? Modern heavyweights go 12 round. The old school dudes used to go 15, man. What you talking about? You're not a 12 round fighter. So basically, he's admitting that he just needs to knock you out early to win because you don't have the gas tank for the championship rounds. Listen to this. If you messed Usyk and AJ up 10 times, Usyk beats AJ 10 out of 10 times because he, he can adjust during a fight. AJ can't. And that just showed, in that fight, those two fights just showed it. Yeah, I mean, Kenny seems to think that, that, that they might fight again. Personally, Kenny, I don't know if there's going to be any interest in that. I mean, the dude got his ass whooped by Usyk not once but twice. I mean. I don't see why what, not, bro. You, what, look, you, if, if you pay me millions to kick my ass, I don't give a fuck, nigga. I'm going to take those millions and you're going to kick my ass. And I'm going to take that ass kicking graciously. You know what I think is going to happen? It's going to be Usyk versus Fury. It's going to be one, two, good night, Dasa, as my brother Nando says. And then, I, you know, his grace, right, the Gypsy King, his grace, right, will offer, right, uh, AJ access to his kingdom, right, and offer him a comeback fight. And it's going to be one, two, good night, Dasa. All over again. <laughs> Matter of fact, let me ding the bell. I'm gonna give you a little preview of that one too. No, you, undisputed heavyweight championship of the world, the Gypsy King Tyson Fury. Book it. You know, I do think uh, Fury edges Usyk slightly. I picked Fury to beat Usyk, but I'll tell you this right now. It's got to be killing the UK fans that the pride and joy AJ isn't the one going to represent them as champion anymore. No, it's true. How how bad must it be to all of these national front dudes in, in the UK, right, that their best heavyweight is the Gypsy King? Emphasis on the word gypsy. All right, You know they don't like that. This this bald head, big talking gypsy out of Morecambe via Manchester is now holding the, the holding it down for the UK. You know these national front people over there have got to be kick kicking themselves over this, but it is what it is. The best heavyweight right now in the world is the Gypsy King Tyson Fury. He also happens to be representing the UK, which you know a lot of these people don't like. The over here we got something called corporate America. Okay, I'm going to just call it Corporate UK. Corporate UK, <laughs> Gypsy King. We already know this. Okay, but Corporate UK can't really stop what's going on inside those four posts. And what's going on in, inside those four posts 
Ask Otto Wileen about it. Ask, uh, you know, Deontay about it. Ask Tom Schwartz about it. Ask uh, Dr. Vladimir Klitschko about it. Ask all of these dudes about it, including Seffert Safari and Pianetta and all of these other other dudes. Uh, he the best out there right now, but, you know, I'm throwing in some names for jokes, obviously. Go for it, Drew. I look at it like this. I have Usyk and Fury tied as the best heavyweight in my rankings. But here's the thing. I think Usyk's the pound-for-pound number one fighter. And I'm going to – and, like, the thing about it is when you have – when you have people go out there and say that the pound-for-pound list is made for other than heavyweights, it, I, I said it yesterday on my show. It's a crack of bullshit. Stop trying to use excuses to put your Terrence Crawford, your Orr Spence, and your Canelo Alvarez on the number one pound-for-pound list. I'm just saying. But Usyk, if you look at his resume, and who he beat, where he beat the mat, and everything, you can see that this dude's like a war warrior and everything. And he beat, and he's probably going to be the only guy that can say that he beat AJ Trice. But, you know, but, yo, I'm going to have to get out of here now. I got to go into this food market and everything. Everybody have a good night. Thanks so much for having me on. Everybody check out the shoe shot and everybody check out Philly Drew on Twitch, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, and Dave from the 408. Make sure you check them all out. Thank you, Drew. D-Style Boxing, we joined from the best doing it out of the Lone Star State. Mi hermano causando pánico directamente del estado de Texas. Seven flags over Texas. You know what I mean? The state's so big, so so, so much history. You know what I mean? But let, let me just say this. Go for but it. I, but I do not remember the Alamo. That's a different story. But look, <laughs> all right. Look, for, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Usyk, who I think showed a lot in that fight. Um, look, everything goes without saying. Obviously, we know the guy's skilled. We're not surprised by that. We know he can make adjustments. We're not surprised by that. I tweeted out after the fight. The big difference between both fighters is AJ, I think, is proven he could make adjustments from one fight to the other, right? Which a lot of fighters can do that. He can. Usyk can make adjustments from one round to the other. And that's a big difference. Okay, everything you work with Robbie Garcia, I do figure it out after two, three rounds. You know what I mean? And then and then what? What's up? But I think I'm more what I'm more impressed with is what he had to show after the ninth round. Because I was a little bit like, whoa, he's, he's taking those body shots. He's, I don't want to hear anybody refer to Usyk as an itty-bitty little dude, a little fragile. Oh, he's a little itty-bitty little fragile cruiser wing. What's this itty-bitty little dude going to do? Let me tell you guys something. Usyk doesn't weigh as much as Andy Ruiz, but he's got a bigger frame. Than Andy Ruiz, okay? He may not weigh as much as these big fat heavyweights, but his frame is just as big, not bigger. He's six foot three. He's not as big as Joshua, but he's not an itty bit little dude. He's proven he, he took Joshua's best shots. We've seen Joshua drop dudes. Like we've seen him drop motherfuckers, and he didn't go down. And he's like, yo, I got several firewalls. The last one is my chin and my fucking tenacity, motherfucker. I ain't going nowhere. You're going to need more than technique to beat me. You're going to need more than than boxing skill to beat me. You need something extra because I ain't going nowhere. Like, the mentality of this dude, like, if anybody should have been on stage giving a speech about all the pressures and all this, it should have been Usyk, right? But he, he don't talk, that. though. He don't talk, man. 
That was the crazy part, though, too. It's like to talk about the pressures. I mean, I mean. So he goes up to Joshua and he's like, you're a strong man, which is like a good compliment to a man. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to be strong. I want to be skilled. I care about skill. Like, like, what's the matter with this dude? I mean, look, all of these dudes got big egos, right? Uh, You got to be, have an ego to a certain extent to, to make it to that, to that level. And the fact that Usyk shows so much, I would say both maturity as well as humility is quite remarkable. I mean, you're talking about a guy that just essentially uh, retained three major titles plus the IBO plus the ring magazine. And like, he's the one that's acting like with all of the, like I said, restraint, humility, maturity in the situation. Um, while also coming from a situation where people were questioning up until last week on this channel whether or not what he had gone through in the Ukraine would affect him psychologically uh, and clearly. It had an opposite effect. Yeah, I mean, so the idea that the excuse of the pressure would be used to kind of justify uh, what happened after the fight, I mean, everyone who fights for the heavyweight championship of the world I mean, is experiencing pressure. Yeah, but you know what? Like, like, and and a lot of UK fans are gonna get mad at me. Whatever, but but it's the truth. The dudes had everything handed to them. Olympics in London. Okay, okay, silver platter practically. Now look, he still had to win the matches at the Olympics. I'm not saying they gave him a gift or whatever, uh, but what I'm saying is. Everything was just convenient there for him from the Olympics to like, dude, like they basically got a belt, wrapped it in a bow for him with that Martin fight. I mean, he was basically handed a heavyweight title with that. You know, he got to fight Klitschko. He didn't have to go to Germany to fight Klitschko. He got to fight him where? In his hometown. Even to get too sick in his hometown. The only time he left his hometown was Madison Square Garden where, where he had a disaster of a performance. And then everybody knows, even he has said that, that, Saudi Arabia is his home away from home. So everything's always been about home, home, home. Like, here's this other dude who had to go to foreign lands to win his gold medal, his world titles, to unify to become undisputed. Like, and he's his country is being ravaged by a war right now, right? And he knows, like, all of Ukraine's watching this fight. I mean, talk about pressure. Vitaly Klitschko releases a statement, oh, we believe in Usyk. We know Usyk's going to win this one. Yeah. (laughs) Just to let people know what 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 I have to add something to after this. What the, yeah, for sure, Kenny. I won't be long. The significance of that: this fight was offered for free. You know, when there's a state of the union and it's on CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, all at the same time. That's what they did for this fight in the Ukraine. It was on every station live at the same time, all of the major ones. Uh, so yeah, you want to talk about pressure? I mean, that's pressure. Go for it, Kenny. Uh, I just wanted to speak about the weight difference real quick. So Usyk weighed 221.5 pounds and Joshua weighed 244.5 pounds. That is only a 23-pound difference for a man who has three inches in height difference. For Joshua to be talking about, I'm a heavyweight. Uh, I don't throw combinations. Fuck out of here. That's all excuses, bro. That is all excuses. It's all a joke. Last year, last, last year, Last year, I weighed 245. I wasn't running, doing cardio. I wasn't doing anything. I was benching like 235 at most. Uh, my squats was like 225. It was Everything was low. 
bro, I've been running every day doing cardio. I've been eating healthy. I've been doing every fucking thing. Right now, I weigh 209. I bench 275. I squat 315. It doesn't, your weight does not, it, it's not equivalent to your power. It's not equivalent to your strength. It's not equivalent to your agility. It's not equivalent to your gas tank. It's not equivalent to any of that. The way you work out and the way you train your body is what decides how your gas tank will be and how you carry the weight that you have. 23 pounds is not that much of a difference. Usyk was still carrying the weight amazingly. Usyk is 6'3 and was only 23 pounds less than Anthony Joshua. Everything that Anthony Joshua said about his weight, his size, the combinations, all that shit is a joke and a big-ass excuse. I have zero time for that shit. Stop crying. Keep, keep your tears to yourself. Nobody cares about that. Go back to the training board. Go hire another trainer. Go hard at your motherfucking cardio and go hard at the impact lifting that you do, bro. Stop being a bodybuilder. It's good to look nice, yes, but it doesn't. If you look nice and you can't do shit with those muscles, what do you have those muscles for? Big up to Nando. Good question, Kenny. Uh, the fact is, look. I remember when I was a kid, right? I, I used to be a 49ers fan, um, football, U.S. football. I don't even watch the NFL anymore, but that's a whole other story. Anyways, the strength and the conditioning coach, this was when I was in middle school, uh, said something that I've always remembered uh, through the rest of my my uh, young adulthood into my my well, teenage years, into young adulthood, into now. Um, where Now that I have a master's degree in phys ed and teach phys ed and all that other stuff, I still remember it. You have the show muscles and you have the go muscles. And he always emphasized that you you work the go muscles, right? The, the muscles that you are required to strengthen in order to increase performance in whatever discipline it is that you're doing, right? Uh, that's what matters. And you know who had the show muscles? I don't know. Maybe it was AJ. I'll tell you who had the go muscles, though, which is the most important. It was Usyk. Usyk had the go muscles. And it was interesting to me because people are like, oh, well, you know, he didn't actually put on all that much weight. Well, there's weight, but then there's also body composition. He may have very well put on 15, uh, 15 kilograms of muscle while also lowering his fat uh, because he was a much stronger, much more ripped uh, version of himself than he was in the first shoulders, fight. absolutely, and definitely in the in the Chisora fight and the fight before that. So he could have put on 15 pounds of pure muscle, but also dropped the fat. And it's all about again the gold muscles and the body composition. Let me get to the super chat and I'll bring you two back in. Nando says, Yo, maestro, remember. I swear that they remember the 5th of November. You had, you don't you know it. We're getting Zurdo Bivol and Jojo Zepeda. Shout out the homie, Kenny and the zone. Kenny, I know you, you're a big fan of Zurdo. Big fan. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. Zurdo about to do it for Mexico. Zurdo about to, to, to right Canelo's wrong and, and take on. Bivol, we'll see how that goes. I don't maybe, know about that one, but but maybe, I hear you. Well, maybe he won't. I don't know. Uh, there we go. So, um, got a couple Can more comments. Just one quick one. D. Salen, right to you. Evgeny Volkov. He says Usyk a good is good heavyweight fighter. I would say he's a great heavyweight fighter. 
And uh, yeah, muscles don't always mean what they what they mean. I mean, look at Ruiz versus Joshua one D style right to you, bro. Well, well, first of all, I'm so amused by the whole like uh, you're very strong and like I don't care about strength. I care about skill. Like like but but anyway, but but why you wait lift weights then, dude? Like shit. But but here's my thing though, right? Just side note. Okay, if you're gonna make the argument that you're the new new breed, new technology, new era, new this, stop using the oldest one of the oldest forms of Wayne shit. I'm 18 stone. Marciano was 14 stone. Like like you're using like an old formula of wait. Use the metric system, dude. Like you know what I mean? Be new. Like you know what I mean? Like like get with the times. Give me a point sum. I'm just saying. No, they're great points. I mean, the U the UK is really caught between like modern and old. I mean, they still got the monarchy. They still use stones. Um, like they do, know. but they don't. Type of yeah, society, you know what I mean? Like, like they're not. She's not really the queen. Yeah, she's she's like. But we sink to her. But then she is, and they don't pay, and the royal family doesn't pay taxes. I mean, it's okay. Look, look, you know, there's something to be said in that D style for sure. Uh, but look, I, I don't agree, and Kenny, you alluded to this. I vehemently disagree with the idea that a modern heavyweight doesn't throw combination punching. That a modern heavyweight doesn't go 12 rounds. No. A Lennox was a modern heavyweight. He could go 12 rounds and could throw combination punching. Riddick Bowe was a modern-day big heavyweight. He could throw uh, combinations. He could go 12 rounds. Fuck it. A, a 40-something, mid-40s-year-old uh, George Foreman could go 12 rounds. What is this talk about? Like Tyson Fury can throw combination punches. And when Tyson Fury weighs way more than he does. And that dude, that, dude, that dude would be like 300 pounds in combinations. I mean, it's just crazy. Not only that, he has way less muscle than Anthony Joshua has as well. Let's think about that. Muscle helps you carry that weight. Let's think about it. Anthony Joshua's body fat percentage is probably around 15, 20. Tyson Fury's body fat percentage is probably like 35, 40. And that's no gas. The no, man is fat. He, Kenny, he's ripped. This is loose skin from the from the drastic weight oh, loss. Stop it. Stop it. The muscle's under the, <laughs> the flabbiness, bro. Like, it's got to be. No, uh, he definitely he definitely has muscle. He has that. He 100% has muscle. That's not what I'm saying. But no. over the muscle, he has a nice thick layer of body fat. You know, and, and and that's no gas. Loose but guess what? How could the six foot nine, three hundred pound man throw combinations and continue moving and doing all his crazy shit a, a whole twelve rounds? But you can't even do one two for twelve rounds. Come on, put that no. work in. Get that cardio in. Stop playing games. Kenny, these are great points, and I'm I'm obviously just joking. For anyone who's tuning know, in for the first time, number one, hit the subscribe button. Number two, hit the notification bell. Number three, everybody here, hit the like button. Subscribe, like, support. Also, make sure you check out my brother, D-Style Boxing. He's got one of the best channels. Make sure you check out my man, Kenny T2. He's got a channel that's growing. So uh, salute to all of my comrades, all my brethren's over here. Help everybody out. We doing it big here in the YTBC, giving you this content for free. So just hit the like button. That's all I ask. Uh, no, but Kenny, I mean, those are, those are all, all fantastic points. Now, look in the title. I asked what's next. I obviously want to see Usyk against Tyson Fury for the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. 
I also want to see AJ back because, you know, despite what we said about him, all right, he he is must-see TV in the heavyweight division. Uh, I do uh, find his fights entertaining, all right? Uh, he is a big name, all right? And he means a lot to a lot of boxing fans. He's a former Olympic heavyweight champion or super heavyweight, former unified, blah, 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 all of that. I got a name for you. All right, and I want a yay or a nay from D-Style and then from Kenny. The bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder. Yay. Yay, Kenny. You're on mute. He said nay. I don't know why. He nah, said, my bad, my bad. Now, I said I'd love to see that fight. I just hope it's not next for him. That is... <laughs> I mean, why not? If it's next for him, that means that you just want to see AJ retire. Okay, I got I got another name for you. Yay or nay, I'll start with you on this one, Kenny. A, a rematch with Dillian White. Is that a good comeback fight for him? No, I don't think Dillian, Dillian White is more washed up than he's ever been. I don't think Dillian White has anything to offer AJ. See, I agree. I agree with that, okay? Uh, I agree with that for sure. But for whatever reason, I mean, people in the UK are telling me they want to watch that. I... I'm not that interested in that fight. You uh, know, UK fans—they support their own, bro. They were they, they look, man. They they were. You remember what was it? Uh, Kel Brook versus uh, fucking Khan. Amir Khan. Yeah, the dudes were super hype over that shit. They'll be super yeah. hype over AJ and and, okay, and this let, dude. let's test let's test that theory because we got some UK people in the chat. All right, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask uh, Diesel about this. What about David Price? Yay or nay? He's from the UK. He's a heavyweight. No, leave David Price alone. David Price is still fighting? It, no, it, 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 no, he okay. isn't. But, but I just wanted to test that UK theory for as far as we could take it. I mean, Yo, I don't know how when, when Price and Fury were both prospects, there was people higher on Price. I don't know how. Well, I'll tell you how. I'll insane. tell you how because he he famously knocked out AJ in a sparring session, like brutally knocked him out. Um, but at the time, he was a pro on his way up. He was still a prospect, and AJ was still an amateur. So there there was some there were some things there. Uh, got another name, and we'll start with Kenny on this one. I don't know if it will happen because they're really good friends. And by the way, this guy was one of the only pers- people to try to restrain him forcefully. Uh, Saturday night after the fight in the ring, but Derek Del Boy Chisora, yay or nay, Kenny? Uh, uh, that doesn't present anything for him or the fans either whatsoever. And and I I see I don't see them fighting anyway because Del Boy is probably gonna be like uh, the same shit that Parker's doing with Fury. Oh no, that's my that's my friend. We're buddy buddies. We're not gonna fight. Never. How could we? I love him. <laughs> Let me ask you this. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Does he beat? Does he beat? Del Boy? AJ, easy. Okay. Okay. D style? You know, I actually like the fight because they've never fought. Yeah. And, and the fact that they're friends, it, I don't know if they, like, if AJ has moments where he's like trying to carry Chisora because he's his friend, it could backfire ASAP. You know what I mean? I think it's an interesting fight. I wouldn't mind seeing that fight, to be honest. Um, I think Chisora deserves a big payday, too, to be honest. Like, that hey. dude deserves a payday. Same. That man is paid. What do you mean? That Chisora's paid, guy. I mean, he needs that AJ money, is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 
Cariali is reminding me and all of us that Price actually beat Fury as an amateur as well. So there was that. Oh, really quick. Yeah. You know AJ was out of pocket when Chisora needs to get in the ring yeah. and restrain him and be the voice of reason. 100%. Like, you know. 100%. All right, so we got another name coming up here. I'm going to go to you first on this one, D-Style. Yay or nay for the juggernaut? Yay. I like that fight. Former world champion against a guy that's right at the cusp. It's a great fight. What about you, Kenny? I think that that's a good fight as well. Now, Kenny, you think Joseph Parker's going to beat the juggernaut? I do as well. Does mm-hmm. a juggernaut coming off of a loss against AJ still appeal to you? Uh, you mean against Parker? Does that still appeal to me? No, no, no. If Juggernaut loses to Parker, does a fight yeah. with AJ still appeal to you? Yeah, um, that's a tough one. It depends in what fashion, right? If it's like a close 12-round decision, eh, you know, yeah, whatever. But if it's like a, yo, Parker knocked him the fuck out, hell no. I don't want to see that. Like, it, it, it was a close fight between AJ and Parker. And if Parker knocks out Juggernaut, well, it, it, you know, if you just use logic... What does that tell you? That AJ's going to knock out Juggernaut even worse, you know, because AJ won the close fight between Parker and AJ. So logic tells me, hell no, I don't want to see that. Okay, same to you. Does it change if Juggernaut's coming off of a loss, uh, D-Star? No, because you, you could mark it's like a crossroads fight at that point. They're both coming off losses. So I agree. I'd still want to see it. Uh, what about. Hergovich, who had the big win on Saturday against AJ Kenny. Uh, I guess er- er- Ergovich could box, right? And that's what oh, second that's, tier earlier. So that's what I'm asking. He is, he is second tier. I'm see what what I'm thinking about is this with these matches matchups. What's going to get AJ to better his skill, his ability, to better his mind? Because his mind, his physical ability, the guy's an athlete. If he could train his mind, his, his body will be fine. He just needs to get his mind steady, straight, on, on. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm thinking about, as you mentioned these fights, is what fight is going to better AJ and his defense? You know, it's not going to be a fight against a slow power puncher. It's going to be a fight against a boxer, you know, uh, uh, Hergovich, who is secondary class, he's more of a boxer. He throws a lot more punches in combination. He doesn't, I, I, at least I haven't seen him throwing knockout power punches and knocking people the fuck out. I want to see AJ in there against boxers. Young, healthy boxers with a crazy gas tank that's going to take him all 12 rounds and make him feel weak. That's who I want to see AJ against. Not these fake top-level prospects. Uh, D-style Hergovich? Look, if, if there was a stock market for fighters, his went kind of down for me on Saturday. But um, I, I, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, it's, uh, again, the options for AJ actually expanded now that he lost. So I wouldn't mind that fight at all, actually. Shout out to my fellow teacher out of Australia. Smallsies in the building. Salute to you. Uh, I got a name. Uh, and honestly, why not at this point? especially if he beats Luis Ortiz. Trilogy fight with Andy Ruiz Jr. D-style. I would love it. I think it's a fight that they can make, especially if he looks good against Ortiz. It's a, it's a, I think a trilogy fight would be great. I, I would like to watch it. 
I would only love to watch it if uh, there's some type of uh, clause in the fight that says that Andy Ruiz has to come in under a certain weight. If there is that, then I'd like to watch it. But otherwise, I don't want to watch the fight because it's going to be the same run around the ring and beat down of a fat man who can't carry his weight no more as it was the second time around. If he, if you could keep him under a certain weight, oh, I'd love to see it because that man has a great you know, gas tank and fast-ass hands. But you know, uh, you know what Eddie Hearn wants to take on those trays of tacos. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that's part of the strategy. You know what I'm saying? Trays yeah, of tacos, uh, trays of Snickers. <laughs> I mean, look. An Andy Ruiz that comes in at like two thirty, and is is ready to go. That's a problem for AJ. Yeah, that's a yeah. problem for AJ. I the mean, it's a modern heavyweight that throws combinations. I mean, I'm not saying you know yeah. what I mean, like exactly a heavyweight that throws combinations that knows how to slip a jab, all right, uh, and work the body and make it to the second. Pretty much anybody that can fight in volume in the second half of a fight. It's going to be trouble for AJ. I'm going to be yep. honest. Yep. If you can make it to the second half of the fight, definitely the championship rounds, throwing combinations, uh, it's going to be a problem. And I'm going to say this right now because I didn't, I didn't uh, mention this earlier, but I'm going to mention the name right now. If Joseph Parker beats the juggernaut, which I actually think he will because I'm very impressed with his improvement under Andy Lee, I think he beats AJ in a rematch. I think Joe, Joe Parker... Could beat the the DAJ that I saw Saturday night, Kenny. Uh, the new and improved Joe Parker, the new and improved Joe Parker that I saw, you know, letting the hands go against Chisora. If he can withstand the power punching from AJ, I think that 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 uh Parker also beats Anthony Joshua because that part the, the the problem with the Parker the first time around is that he was kind of playing AJ's game kind of chasing him around not really landing punches when he was close and not letting the hands go enough the, the well, way yeah. he fought these last couple fights he was punching punching with power punching straight the gas tank was amazing punching in combination and I don't think that Anthony Joshua would be able to withstand that if he fights in that style he also had to deal with he also had to deal with a home cooking referee that wouldn't let him fight in mid and short range, especially short range, because that's you know he's a shorter guy. That's a, with, with the smaller take that, take that loose. You know what I mean? Is what it is. Yeah, exactly. But I, I can't co-sign that though. I, I think AJ beats Parker. I, I I don't. The AJ. Let me just say this: the the AJ that fought Usyk on Saturday, only Usyk, Fury. And Wilder beat that AJ, in my opinion, in the whole division. What about the juggernaut? He beats the juggernaut. Okay. You like you like you like him working the juggernaut's body, right? Because bye bye Jennings touched the body. So AJ could probably touch the body. I, I like the body work, but but Usyk's really good. I think those people need to understand. Like Usyk's really good. You know what I mean? So um what he, what he managed to do, I, th- I think he looked a little better. He ruined it with his post-fight antics, but I would favor him against Parker. It's not a given, by the way. It's a good fight. Like I would yeah. like to see it, but but I, I would favor him against Parker. No, I, look, there's two fights that he fought previously that I'd like to see him go go uh, another time with, and it's the, the Parker fight uh, because I felt that the referee didn't – basically, I felt the referee not only robbed Parker but robbed the fans of a more competitive – 
back and forth fight. And obviously, I, I would want to see a trilogy with Andy Ruiz because they're one and one. Why the hell not? Especially if Andy Ruiz can, can come back with a big win. Uh, shout out to H Money. H Money says, Maestro, we told everybody Fury was the best a long time ago. We did. Uh, and if Fury does what he says he's going to do, he said, look, get that checkbook out, Kenny. Get the checkbook out, right? He needs Bruh. those. He needs, he needs that checkbook to come out because first he said I have Billy for AJ, then he said he'd fight him for free. But I guess none of that applies with with with, uh, with Usyk. So we'll see. <laughs> I, I I I cannot figure out Fury. So no, I mean, look, what people got to realize is Fury's not Abraham. Fury's not Jesus. Fury's not Muhammad. You don't have to take his word as gospel, guys. He's a career professional troll that knows how to keep his name in the headlines. Take everything with a grain of salt. It's like, you know, people act like like the, 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 the people that go to church and then they find out that, like, the pastor's fucking, like, half of the congregation and is is like contradicting his his weekly sermons look fury ain't that okay he's he's a professional troll all right he's not pretending to be some kind of like high and mighty pious person out there uh so it is what it is um but yeah there's a any, have i meant mix uh, missing any names kenny in terms of aj opponents i got one uh, and nah, I, I know why you didn't mention this guy because he's one hundred percent not ready. What Luis Ortiz? Get out of here! Oh. <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> nah, if I was Eddie Hearn, Jared Anderson, bro. Oh, Jared Anderson. Oh shit, Jared That's Anderson. A, he's it, a big problem. He's a big he, problem. He's he's just been he hasn't fought for a little bit now, and I think yeah. that he needs to he needs to climb up the ranks just a little more. Took before. a fight though. It he, is. He's a he's a great fighter, bro. Anderson's a savage. I saw him on Instagram or on Twitter the other day, looking ripped, dude. Like he looked like he's in tremendous shape. But here's the thing: he hasn't fought a twelve round fight yet. Uh, he hasn't even. Uh, Fought a ten? Has he fought a ten rounder? I don't know if he has. Like I said, for for you to be in there with AJ, you've got to be able to go into deep waters, and you got to be able to swim in deep waters with a with a deep deep gas tank. But, it, but but AJ can't swim in the deep waters. He drowns. But, but we don't know. We don't know right now if if, if Jared Anderson can like, fight a twelve rounder. If, if I could say this though, this is true. in fairness. The deep waters against Usyk are really, really deep. Like you know what I mean? Like, like that's far in the ocean. That guy fights at a welterweight pace, which I don't think people realize. Like that's a that's a lot of a pace to keep up with. Um, but I think where they made a mistake and what they should do now, it's my opinion. They should have had AJ fight smaller heavyweights, like one or two of them, before they got back in the ring with Usyk. It's my opinion. They, they should have offered Breda some money, and he he would have probably taken it to mm. fight him, and he, like to get used to the, like the high activity, and just to get used to the smaller heavyweights. It does get some taking, you, you know. Like even Fury said, he had some trouble with with Cunningham because he wasn't uh, used to it. Yeah, um, I think that that's what they should probably do instead of fighting big guys his size. You know, 
well, offer some of the smaller heavyweights some fights. That's why the Otto Valim fight would have been a perfect fight to test yes. the waters with Robert Garcia initially yeah. because he's a southpaw. He fights with more volume. But this is the problem with, with, with the, I guess you could call it the ego. I mean, you do need to have that kind of confidence when you're fighting at that level. He didn't see himself as a guy that needs tune-ups. But you know who saw himself as a guy who needed a tune-up or two? Tyson Fury, right? He didn't go straight into the Wilder fight after losing all of that weight. He fought the second-best cruiserweight out of Albania, Stefan Safari. Then he fought Pianetta, a guy who most people hadn't heard of. Then he took the, 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 the fight with Wilder. Then he didn't go straight to the rematch with Wilder. People remember he first took on... Tom Schwartz, then he took on Otto Valin. So, and when you look back in the history of heavyweight boxing, right, uh, guys took tune-up fights. Joe Lewis famously had the bum of the month club. Like, half of Tyson's career is like tune-up level opponents, if not more. So, you know, I I think a little bit of humility was needed in retrospect, especially if you're going to go to a new trainer. Work out the kinks, right? Get your feet a little bit wet before going right back into a rematch with a guy that literally just beat you up in your hometown. D-Star? No, 100%. I agree with everything you just said. Like, he needed some humility. Um, and, and you know, uh, look, he's sitting next to Eddie Hearn at the post-fight press conference, and he breaks down. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, I kind of felt sorry for him. Like, I felt kind of bad. Like, cause he, like, he genuinely, like, I think it dawned on him, like, man, I tried my absolute best. Didn't he ask, did you did you feel sorry for Prince Charles Martin when AJ knocked him out? No, 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 no. Well, what I'm saying nope. is, is because you're seeing it like on the flesh or whatever, right? But what I'm saying is, it's totally his fault. Like he should have. I said it a million times. Like, dude, you can't just grab Robert Garcia and he's, he's going to do some hocus pocus and help you win. It doesn't work that way, you know. Oh, and here's the other thing too that was interesting. I want your thoughts on this too because Robert Garcia was quoted. Um, I don't have this as a first-hand source. I've, I've, this is based on somebody who I trust who said that they heard this. Okay. But uh, that that AJ wasn't really listening to him all the way through camp. I thought it was very interesting hearing that, but then also seeing Robert Garcia not as chief second in the corner. Uh, but Angel Garcia was chief second. I mean... It begs the question, why did you even go to Robert Garcia if he's not going to be your corner man in the biggest fight of your life and if he's not really going to be a guy that you're listening to and even in, like, the open media workouts and whatever? I mean, I don't want to read too much into it, but most of the work was being done by uh, Angel Garcia. Yeah, I I don't... Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to disrespect Don Garcia. Thank you. <laughs> He's a great trainer. He's a great trainer. Angel Fernandez, right? We don't need to we don't need to mix the two. It's uh Angel Fernandez with the S, because I believe he's Portuguese, not Spanish. Go. Yeah. Danny Garcia's dad was not out there, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I get your point entirely. Look, I mean, age the problem with AJ is identity crisis. The dude has an identity crisis. You know, like that—that's what—that's what's happening with the guy, and, and you see that with the trainers. He doesn't know who to listen to. He doesn't know who to like. You know, I heard Robert early in the fight, and as the fight progressed, Robert wasn't even the one giving the instructions. So, and and the only time Robert spoke was to tell him he's winning all the rounds. And I mean, I don't even know he should be telling the fighter that. That's a different story. But 
Well, you know that you know what I read into that? Yeah. I read that he understands the ego of the fighter that he's with. I I see a guy when I'm hearing that and seeing it, I, I'm seeing a guy essentially working with somebody who can't necessarily take negative feedback, who uh, can't take constructive criticism. Kenny, you're uh, shaking your head. You disagree. Why yeah. else? Why else would you tell a guy he's winning a fight, Kenny? That he's clearly not winning. He clearly, oh, he clearly was not up three rounds to none. To none. Everybody with two eyes could see that. I honestly don't think that he had won any of the first couple rounds. The first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. I, I mean, I had know. a two-one to be honest for AJ, but but, but I still hear you. Um. But it, it, this is why I think that that's terrible instructions. I get that, and, and, and uh, excuse me, AJ can't take negative criticism. But Joe, you got to take the facts. You can't. You cannot change what's wrong if you're not understanding what's wrong. If someone's telling you the problem is B, but the problem is really A, you're working on B. How are you going to fix problem A? It, it, it's not. But I get it. Oh, that's what he needs to hear to feel good. Yeah, well, that's why at round, uh, what was it? After round nine, that's why he started getting his ass whooped. Because exactly what Usyk said after the fight. He was giving me the smile like he had already won the fight. Why? Because Robert Garcia sitting in the corner like a fucking fool telling him that he won the fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you winning every round. You, you Fuck out of here. No, you're fucking not, bro. You're getting picked apart. But besides the rounds where you put in good action and you tried to get yours back when you got hit, you was getting picked apart, my guy. That's yeah. a good point, Kenny, because that, that smile he was giving Usyk after round nine, I don't know, man. That might have backfired. I think Usyk went back to that corner. Oh, this motherfucker don't got me. You know well, what I mean? Uh, wait, till, wait till I take a couple deep breaths in this corner, man. Like, just wait. The other thing, too, it's like the – the AJ mind games don't always really, really work. Like with the sticking your tongue out. With they the never lure, work. Luring the guy into the ropes, smiling <laughs> after you take the heavy shot and like la- trying to laugh it off. I mean, I, that's not working. You know, I don't, I, that, that just tells his opponent I'm doing good. I'm whooping his ass. So 100%. It works 100% against them. Because look, the only time that AJ sticks his tongue out and goes, is when he gets hit big. That's the only time you see him stick his tongue out. He smiles when he lands a big punch. Bro, stop it. Stop it. It it, it completely works against him 100%. It doesn't help him it. in any type of way. You land a big shot, and instead of following up, you want to smile. It's a waste of time. Like It's not productive time <laughs> in a boxing fight. No, it's, it's, it's not. Uh, you know... It's it's a definition of admiring your work, pretty much. You know what it's like to me? It's like the guy that hits a big fly ball in baseball and just stands at whole plate and admires it, uh, and then ends up with a single. Like, you know, gotta go. You gotta you gotta go. You know, you gotta get busy, right? Otherwise, it's like you said. It's like you're there standing and admiring your work, or. I mean, I, look, it is what it is. Look, he let does me... admire his work. Does, like when AJ lands, when he finally lands some, papa, he like, yeah. What are you doing? And then why was punching him back? Like, what? Yeah, I mean, he hit, he hit Usyk a number of times where there wasn't really much of a follow up. And one thing I gotta say too, 
uh, before I transition to the last thing I want to talk about tonight. The Zones really got to step their game up with these broadcasts, okay? Because when it's the UK crew doing it, all right, you got Tony Bellew uh, filling out an official scorecard or unofficial scorecard uh, in the uh, Delboy Chisora fight with Pulev and then literally running between rounds and screaming instructions at, 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 at Chisora. Like what? You're, you're, so you're, you're coaching from the corner and then you're running back to the motherfucking announcing desk to put in an unofficial scorecard. And I'm supposed to believe that you're unbiased and professional. That's number one. All right. And then number two, now you got the U, you, uh, the U.S. guys, and shout out to to Chris Mannix. I like Chris Mannix. Shout out to Corey Erdman. I'm a big fan of Corey and of his work. It, this has nothing to do with them. It has nothing to do with the people announcing the fights on the U.S. side. But it has to do with the editing truck. Between rounds, it was like the, the, the greatest hits of AJ. You know, and it's like they're not, they're not, they're not showing what Usyk was doing. It's like, what? I'm like, I'm watching this fight. Like, you're showing me the best things that AJ did during the round. You're not showing me what, what Usyk was doing. And then sometimes they'd even show highlights of what AJ did, and you could clearly see that it, that uh, punches were blocked by, 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 by Usyk on the elbows, on the shoulder, or on the gloves, or didn't even hit him at all. So I honestly think AJ was kind of out on his feet in the 11th round. Yeah, um, I've seen that fight that that round a couple times. He was he was kind of stiff and up now, and he was getting peppered with a bunch of combinations. Um, he was taking a beat down, and the round's over. And like, I don't agree with when people say, "Oh, that was a legendary round." Like, I, I don't like, I don't know. Round ten, I'm sorry. Like, I I think round ten was very one sided in my opinion. Like, AJ landed like one good shot in that whole round. Yeah, I mean. Uh, definitely. Ken, Ken, you got any comments on this before I go to the last thing? Um, No, no. I got nothing to add. You guys are hitting right on the money, man. If, if I got something to add, I jump right in, bro. <laughs> All right. So the, the other thing I wanted to say before we get going in terms of the heavyweight division, right, uh, is the zone, matchroom, Eddie Hearn, uh, AJ, how things play out for them. Because, look, there was a time, obviously, where Eddie Hearn held significant chips in the heavyweight division, right? He had... Anthony Joshua, who prior to the first fight with Usyk held three, you know, of the most recognized versions of the heavyweight championship. He now holds zero. Uh, He was also antagonistic with Steven Espinoza, antagonistic with uh, Shelly Finkel. Um, I found this stuff hilarious, personally, the the LRB stuff as well. Uh, Antagonistic with Frank Warren. Um, and now he's in a position where, you know, he doesn't hold the, the pieces. Yes, he has Joshua, but Joshua doesn't have a belt. And is it crazy for me to think that Frank Warren, when it comes to uh, juggernaut Joe Joyce, will just say, listen, we're not fighting on the zone? Uh, is it crazy for me to think who, that Adam Smith, who runs the Sky Sports Division and, and has Parker and other people, it's going to say, nope, we're not going over to the zone or Bob Arum uh, or or the PBC. I mean, could could this kind of antagonistic approach backfire D-Style in any way? Or am I reading way too much in this? Because sometimes I do read way too much into things. 
Look, uh, everything is cyclical in boxing. Everything. Sometimes top ranks on top and they act a certain way. Sometimes other promoters end up in powerful positions and they totally take advantage mm-hmm. of it. Um, I think I think he'll be fine. Like, like, of course, people are going to remember. Like, pr- there's one thing promoters never do. Remember what Bob Arum said after the, uh, he, like, even though Triller won the uh, the purse bit, second was the zone, right? Or match room, I should say. And he said, "I'm I'm not going to forget this one. I don't forget." Like, you know, like so, so yeah. There, there's going to be some get back. There's no doubt from other promoters. But I mean, the, at the end of the day, I, I've always believed this. The um, their love for money will always overcome their hatred for each other. Yeah. I mean, uh, there you go. The other thing I wanted to add to that is we've seen the zone get outbid famously recently with the caning Ambosis fight. They got outbid by top rank. They got outbid with the fury versus white fight with, with again, top rank and BT. And, and now, and, now this was not a big deal, by the way, just uh, really quick. He, he just lost a uh, – Eddie Hearn's been doing these, like, he, he lost the exemption that he wanted uh, for for Bivol. He's going to have to fight Zordo now. Yeah. Um, they actually had another exemption. It's just kind of under the radar because it's not like a big fight. But uh, Ebony Bridges wanted an exemption to not fight her mandatory. <laughs> it didn't go through. And it's going to go to purse bids against Shannon O'Connell, a friend of mine. So there you go. That, that That's another – Matchroom fighter that lost the exemption. Yeah, first I want to big up uh, a member who's here with us, Thomas Jones. Salute to you, brother. Appreciate it. All right, a Thomas Jones member. Consider a membership like Thomas has. And now that I'm working on my new setup, I'm going to be putting out way more uh, exclusive member content. You know, I'm in transition right now, which is hence why we're doing the show a little different today. Uh, Here's the thing with Lightwalker. I want to respond to this. You say Frank can't afford the undisputed fight. They need a site fee. Frank is backed by BT Sport. I mean, BT is a corporation is way bigger, many times bigger than than the zone. So it's not his money he's playing with. It's BT Sports money. And uh, didn't he team up with Top Rank for the last one? That's the other thing I was gonna say. He teams up with Top with Top Rank. Top Rank is bank is backed by Disney, which owns ESPN. Again, way deeper pockets. Looks like D Style left. Thank you, D Style, for tuning in. And everybody check out D Style's content. Uh, thank you, D-Style, for joining us, I should say. Uh, Disney's got way bigger pockets than The Zone. So, you know, it's these promoters aren't playing with their own personal finances. They're being backed by big television broadcasters. And what's to say they don't go to Saudi Arabia anyways and get another big-ass site fee out of the Saudis or another Middle Eastern country? Uh, again, it's not their personal money that they're playing with. So... I agree Frank can't afford, but it's not him that's paying for it. Go for it, Kenny. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm on the same page, Richard, regarding Frank Warren. I don't think that they're – I don't think it's going to be a problem for uh, Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua. Uh, I think they'll just have to broadcast those bigger fights on another platform and take the lesser pay cut. I think they'll still get paid big money and they'll be A-OK. I don't think it's a big problem like that. It is what it is. You know, at the end of the day, it's like what D-Style said. Look. Green dollars trump everything. It doesn't matter if you're upset, mad, emotional, holding a grudge. Who gives a fuck? 
If you're getting paid enough dollars, you're going to do whatever the hell's being asked of you. Like I mentioned earlier, pay me enough dollars and I'll be the guy in the ring getting beat up. You know what I'm saying? Willingly. No, 100, 100%. Uh, I agree with that uh, 100%. Um, Kenny, I'm going to ask you to to uh, read off some of the comments. I'm going to be, I'm going to join back in one sec. I'm going to try to get us with the Keith Thurman thing again. I think I got to trick up my sleeves. So if you could, you don't have to highlight the comments, but just just read the comments from the chat. I'll be right back. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Sounds good. We cool and we chilling. All good. But all right, here we go. Uh, oh, you know what? There's one more person which we didn't mention earlier, which would be a great matchup for AJ. And that's Frank Sanchez. I think Frank Sanchez is another dude who's on the come up. Another dude who has a good gas tank. Punches uh, is fairly powerful. Can throw punches and bunches. Throws combinations. He's a smaller heavyweight, so he'll play to AJ's problem. He's not a lefty. He's a right-hander, a right-handed fighter, orthodox. But I think he plays to uh, AJ's problem of smaller fighters. Oh, and there's another thing. We also didn't mention that how uh, AJ stands. AJ wasn't standing upright for the entire fight in, in against Usyk. AJ was actually bent at the knees, which allowed him to be a little more level with Usyk's face and Usyk's chin and take a lot less of those up jabs that Usyk be hitting people with, you know? <clears throat> so... Yeah, you know, uh, I do. Uh, Anthony Joshua did make some adjustments, and there are definitely opponents in which Anthony Joshua uh, can fight. Oh, nah, chill, bon quick. We said AJ versus Floyd Mayweather. You know what? Floyd Mayweather would probably take that fight, and then Floyd Mayweather would be like, but, but I tell you what, there's a no knockout clause. The fight is only four rounds. And he can't, and Anthony Joshua can't use his right hand. He can only use his left hand or some shit. Floyd would definitely do some shit like that. And you know what? Those are probably the two, some one, uh, two of the most paid boxers ever. So that'd be a huge money match. But that's stupid. It ain't gonna happen, man. You know, uh, it's more of a joke. Money kicks went pro, yo. Money kicks went pro on the Usyk versus AJ undercard. Which is kind of crazy because Money Kicks was supposed to fl- fight Floyd Mayweather for some big money, but uh, I understand why now. The guy has a huge following on social media, and he brings the seats to the, the fans to the stands. It is what it is. Maestro's not wearing sleeves, so no tricks. Oh, uh, we gonna see if he gets this uh, ponytail video popping or not. Nando says Frank Sanchez all wrong for AJ. He's too similar to Usyk. That's exactly what AJ needs, though, Nando. AJ needs to go against the opposition that's going to present the biggest challenges for him. AJ doesn't need to stay comfortable. If he stays comfortable, he's never going to get better. And at the end of the day, he's got to fight Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder and Usyk one more time, I think, before he decides to retire and hang it up. So if you're going to take those three dangerous-ass fights – you better get it ready. You better get your mentality ready. You better get it all together because I tell you, man, I think his biggest flaw is his mind and uh, his workout ethic. Yes, he's super fit, but he could be so much better. It just You got to work on that gas tank. You can't tell your coaches that are older than you that have trained so many fighters, so many more fighters than you. You can't be telling your coaches that – you're not going to listen or not going to do what they say because you don't feel like it. It's like, shut the fuck up and do it, bro. 
it's, uh, ponytail. That's me today. Yeah, I got a we, ponytail. We got, we got ponytail popping. <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. wearing my hat, and I don't have my hair braided. It is what it is. Ponytail. Shout out to Angel Garcia. So I'm going to try to do this a different way. The video is not going to roll, but I think I queued up the audio, Kenny, because you know I love to do Kenny Reacts. Kenny Reacts <laughs> is one of my favorite segments, and I don't want to deny the people an opportunity. So let, let's see if we can get this to, to work. Here we go. Good, man. I love the energy. Hey, look, so the audio is working. Finally yeah. see Keith Thurman back in the ring. We saw you in the ring in February. You took on Mario Barrios after two and a half years out of the ring a lot because of injury you dominated barrios in that fight do you feel like one time keith thurman is all the way back uh, one time's back without a doubt you know that's what the performance was about in february to show the fans two and a half years they were people telling me how many days it's been since i've been out of the ring but i meditate boxing i eat i sleep boxing you know uh this is in my blood man i love it i'm always here Bullshit. for the and i want to be a uh, champion i want to fight the best and just make some of the best fights happen in the welterweight division like i've done in the past i'm still looking forward to doing that here and now and so how do we keep Keith Thurman active because it's been six months since we've seen you against Barrios. When are you back in the ring? You know, it's a struggle right now in the welterweight division for many um, striving fighters who want to be champion of the world. It's a struggle for him. I can't hear the audio anymore. But the belts are tied up, you know, with with Errol Spence Jr. and Bud Crawford and the big rumor of this mega fight happening, which a lot of fans want to see. And I understand. But there's fighters like me and there's even the younger generation. They want the potential fights of fighting the champions of today. So a lot of people are on the back burner. Whatever comes to me, I'll I'll take with pride and I look forward to performing soon. Is it your goal? to be champion at welterweight again definitely it was always my goal to beat manny pacquiao and then fight errol spence and unify the belts you know i know his name is errol spence the truth he's the truth but let's be honest the truth is you won the wbc which i vacated the truth is you won the wba which i was not able to hold on to which you know you got it through ugas and at the end of the day man if thurman was in the ring it, i could have went to dallas stadium it would have been a whole nother night and currently right now i am the number one ranked fighter in the wbc which technically makes me more mandatory <laughs> say you don't want to fight me but one way or another those belts will be mine once again wow okay um now we saw yeah that, right uh obviously in action last month he's moved up to 154 you saw after the fight he so i'm guessing you're not buying that uh, uh with with keith kenny in terms of him him uh, essentially saying that you know errol spence jr got lucky Hell no, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying any shit, any of the shit that he's saying. He shouldn't be ranked number one if, by the WBC. If he is, that's a, that's fucking nuts. And there should be some type of lawsuit to remove him from number one, the same way that they Teofimo was removed from number one at the 140 pound division. It is what it is. He's not no number one. He fought fucking Mario Barrios. Like no, we we don't believe in you, ponytail. We don't believe in anything you're saying. You was one time before. You'll never be two time. You will never be the same guy you was before. You're just trying to talk yourself into one last big payday. And you don't want to have 
uh, uh, regular payday. You don't want to fight any up and you, you only want to fight Spence and Terrence Crawford because if you lose to one of those guys, then there's no shame in losing to them because they're the best. You don't want to lose to anybody else. You will not fight anybody like Boots or anybody like Virgil. You will not fight anybody who's up and coming. You will only fight Terrence Crawford. And you will only fight Errol Spence because you want a big payday and you want to retire with no shame. I guarantee you, I put my life on it. That if Ponytail was to get a shot against Crawford or Spence, he's 100% losing that fight and he's 100% retiring after that fight. Mark my words. He'll go to announcing under top rank or something after that or the zone maybe. Well, you know right. what the funny thing is? I think Keith should probably go into commentating because he's a great talker. He is. He's a great talker. Your problem is when he's talking about one time. I mean, My problem is when he's lying. My problem is simply when he's lying, bro. You ain't no... Stop your fucking lying ass, bro. You, Your career died with your ponytail, okay? All right? When your hairline died, that's when your career died, my guy. You fell back. You took a loss. You fell back. What, what was it? He was inactive for a while, and then he came back fighting people that nobody cares about, talking about still the greatest, still wants the fuck out of here. I'm guessing you don't need to hear any more one time. Is that a, you one time for tonight? Or are we gonna we gonna go? Nah, no, we gonna leave that at one time because it's all full of shit. If he was actually saying something that made sense, or talking about he's gonna fight somebody because these guys are busy. Then it makes sense, but the guy's been inactive forever, and he's going to continue remaining inactive until he potentially gets a Spencer Crawford fight, or he's going to just remain inactive and retire. So, in other words, it's no longer one time, it's once upon a time. Yes, sir. There was a welterweight by the name of Keith Thurman that was one time in dudes and knocking him the hell out. And that one time dude is not the same dude anymore. He, he doesn't exist. I don't know where he went, but he, he doesn't exist anymore. We call him Ponytail now. There you go. So listen, ladies and gentlemen and everybody. All right. I want to thank all that showed up. I want everybody to check out D-Style Boxing. He was live with us. KT, my brother K.O. Kenny, he's obviously here with me as usual. All right. Kenny, drop the link. To Knocked Out by Kenny, I want everybody to hit the subscribe button. Everybody hit the like button as well on this video. Share the video. Let people know that you're here. Let people super know. Chat. Yep, super chat time. Uh, let people know that uh, you're here with us. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all of those other places, Google Podcasts, etc., cetera, uh, give us a five-star review, all right? And obviously, you can always reach out to me. My email's in the description box. Let us know what you want to talk about. You could hit up at Maestro Amilcar on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm, um, you know, on those platforms as well. You could find those in the description of this video as well. Let's get to the super chat before we get out of here. All right. Bud Spence should have been a trilogy by now. Maybe Arrow on the wrong side of the street. In Interessante. Uh, look, you're right. I mean, I've I've wanted to see this fight for years, right? And what I'm hoping doesn't happen is that it ends up like Khan versus Brooke, uh, well past its uh, sell-by date. So, you know, that's it, though. Mano a mano. <laughs>
another edition. Yeah. All you guys take yeah. care. All right, that's it from us. Yeah. We are up out of here. See you guys next yeah. week. Four for punchlines. Check yeah. It. Chrome hearts at the Caesar's Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K-Bar, you can be established. A 230s, that's 69s. You can eat a salad while you feed a phallus. I speak in palettes that compete with graphics at the speed of cheetah gallops at indecent average. Chopsticks when I be eating garrets. Philippe receipt embarrassed, you can't see the marriage. That's why I started this in Vegas. Proposed to my toast, Neo's married to the Matrix. But I hate this bitch like I'm married to a racist. An addict, so the kilos get buried in the basements. Speed the wagon like Rio's vicarious, vivacious. Patois, noir, but the Creole is basic. So when I'm around them Haitians, I don't even say shit. Last album sounded like I was signed to a spaceship. Brain was on drugs and my eyes was on LASIK. And the shit got legs, I don't think that I can chase it. With rocket power ASICs, but the next one's coming with cases and witness protection facelifts. For the fans, why hit them with kabams when the germaphobe jab can wash a nigga with hands? I am not in my feelings, I'm in my glands. I am not no bitch, I'm in a trance.